1: With the sexiest grandmother in the world, Miss Mitzi Purdue. Oh, I
0: love you so much.
1: <laughs> episode five, five ninety five, one hundred episodes since I had on the inventor of the mRNA vaccine, which led me down a road of of permanent banhood. So I'll celebrate that. I'll I'll cheer. I'll cheers my water to that. hundred episodes since the since YouTube threw me in the gulag. But Miss Mitzi Purdue, for all the new listeners, please introduce yourself.
0: OK, I'm Mitzi Purdue. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Tommy Kerrigan. I met him because of being a guest on his show. But um, here's something, an insider for you, uh, Mr. or Ms. Uh, member of the audience. Uh, I just recently sent an email to a guy named Michael Schoenberger, who will be a great guest, and I think he's going to agree to be on, saying that people who've been guests on Tommy Kerrigan's often end up his friends. And I'm an example. I, I didn't know Tell Me. I was a guest and his friend on his show or this show. And darned if, if I wouldn't call you a pretty good friend now. Well, thank you. I mean, too. in fact, I um, as, as an 80-year-old who's proud of it, um, I've become your grandmother.
1: You have. You have. And perhaps this will be held against me in the future when, within two minutes, I've admitted you're my grandmother and also said you're a sexy grandmother. So... That's... No, no.
0: It doesn't get back. First of all, I'm proud of of being a grandmother. <laughs> I've got four grandkids, and they're the light of my life. yes uh, But uh, eh, well, I guess having four grandchildren is is the, the nicest. But being sexy <laughs> or being referred to as sexy boy—that's uh, that's a close second.
1: Anyone who's saying they don't like being complimented is lying through their teeth. It's that's just the truth. It's um, what I was going to say is yeah, no, that is you did. And Michael Schellenberger, who was just on Joe Rogan. I've had on Howard Bloom, who is on Joe Rogan, and next week I'm having on an author who has also been on Joe Rogan. And Schellenberger is going to come on towards the end of November. So by by Christmas time or so, or by des- December, I will have racked up three Joe Rogan guests. So. All
0: right, and I told um, I told Michael Schellenberg when saying um, you know you just got to accept being on on Tommy Carrigan's podcast. I said. In my humble but experienced opinion, uh, that Tommy, this is what I wrote to uh, Michael Schellenberger about you, Tommy. I said that I thought that you were at least as good as Joe Rogan. You had guests who were as interesting and that your ability to draw interesting just facts out of the blue, I don't know where you get them, would make it for, for your guests so interesting that he'll want to be back. That's what I say.
1: I hope so. I know, and and I appreciate that. And I, as you said, yes, I uh, there's a there's an un unspoken social contract that I also pester the guests till they become my friends. It's very infrequently does a guest do I not regularly speak with a guest? It's I suck yeah, I mean, them all in. Kind
0: of shocking. In. I bet that you know again, Joe Rogan, whom I adore.
1: Oh yeah, I love but,
0: him. But but I wonder how many of his guests end up being his friends. Yeah, well, probably some.
1: Yeah. Oh well, uh, yeah. Probably some yeah he's he did you well I don't want to get too off topic cause, but did you by any chance see any of the clips of him interviewing Sanjay Gupta? Uh,
0: yes but um, but in a, in a very superficial way, I'm aware that uh, that they didn't see eye to eye.
1: Yeah and uh, it, there's like a five minute video of Rogan just I mean it's almost hard to watch because he's just grilling him. You know, Sandre tries to change the topic and he's like, no, 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 let's go back. Why did the the company you work for lie? He's like, I don't know. He's like, what do you mean? You're the head medical guy there. And he's like, he's like, you know, fine, Joe, I get it. Ivermectin can be used in humans. And Rogan's like, not can be, often is. Billions of doses, 2015 Nobel Peace Prize. Why are you guys, and you can just, he's just, and he goes, it really bothered you that they lied. And Joe goes, it should bother you. And it's just you watch and it's just like, oh Lord, like even the body language. Sanjay is kind of walking all around and you just see Rogan just like, you know, he just looks like a brick of muscle just staring at him. And it's it's wonderful. But that's not the topic of this podcast. The topic of this I podcast is. I love so it. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's so because you yeah,
0: know, one of the Okay, let's let's stay off topic for a few seconds longer.
1: Uh-huh. I got nothing to do. Let's do it. All right.
0: I love the fact that uh, as I understand it, that it was brought up that India, uh, you gives just about everybody ivermectin, and they've just about conquered the whole problem. Mm-hmm. Well, we, with with all our expensive medications, uh, are nowhere near doing as well as India. I mean, what? I mean, that that seems to me lawsuit material.
1: Well, well, they, well, India's largest state. I can't remember the name of it
0: their yes. products or something i because i
1: did hear that yeah 246 million person population yeah. comparable yeah. to the us is 350 but they eradicated zero new cases a day and well the big thing that i think everyone is slowly realizing, and as i've been saying for months i was like the truth will come out and now it's got to rogan it's everyone's starting to realize what it really is and it's if there is other treatment off-label or off-the-shelf treatment That voids the EUA, the Emergency Youth Authorization Act, which allows these to be used. Moderna has doubled in market cap. Uh, Pfizer has posted, I think, four or six straight quarters of record-breaking profit, each one breaking the previous record.
0: And I'm I'm under the impression that we're talking billions and billions of dollars. So, I mean, people will kill each other for $10. What are they going to do to get billions and
1: billions? And And profit, not revenue. Profit and it's well, you know that human trafficking. What will people do for money? To me, this is when people are like, "Do you really think they're doing that?" Yes, one hundred percent. I think that's what the cause of seven hundred thousand Americans. Yes, and I think they would do seven hundred thousand more. They ha- the problem I think with a lot of us is we look at them, us, liberal, conservative, Democrat, Republican. We look at them, but we're looking at them through our eyes. And if I may us being good people, respectful, you know, the guys I have, I have Roger on every week, Roger's super liberal, I'm super conservative, but even we know, we we have different opinions, but, you know, we love our families, we, we love our societies, we all want the same thing, a safe place, a, a good source of income, freedoms, just, general we all, we don't see eye to eye on everything, but we, the core values are the same, I think the problem is, is we all, look at these and we project our own values onto them and we go sure we're all you know i'm making a podcast i'm after money i'm gonna make money on this thing i don't make any bones about it but if someone said well what if you killed joe rogan i would say no because that's where i come from but i think what none of us are 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 considering is the people at the very and i'm not some this isn't some communist anti-corporation rant i love corporations i think they're great but if you just look at the history of Big Pharma, and I know I interviewed Gerald Posner, New York Times best-selling author and author of uh, of uh, Pharma, all about the Sackler family and their Purdue family, not your Purdue family, the other Purdue no, family. Please
0: point out that it's a different. I produce. have to
1: point that out. Not the chicken family, the opioid fan, the opioid family. I mean, that was just in 2009 that Pfizer had to pay out 3.2 billion dollars. It's just 12 years ago we don't even need to go back to what was it thalidomide in the 60s with the flipper babies we know that this is happening i think the problem is, is we look at these ceos of these big companies that in the past have shown been have proven that they will do horrible things even just 12 years in the past and we project ourselves onto them and we go well i couldn't do that so it's you know i get being ruthless sure business is cutthroat But I wouldn't do that. The problem is, is we, and that being every guest, every audience member I have, 99.9999% of you are like, we all have the basic core human values where it's like, we wouldn't do that. I wouldn't kill 700,000 people. You can't project yourself onto Hitler or Goring or Himmler and go, you know, I get.
0: Or a human trafficker.
1: Exactly. They don't play by the same rules as you.
0: Okay. I want to get philosophical Let's go. Uh, And this is quoting Plato. Plato said, it's as hard for a good man to think ill of a bad man as it is for a bad man to think good of a good man. In other words, if you're you're basically bad, you just can't process that there are good people. But the flip side of that is good people have extreme difficulty imagining that there are people who are motivated by causing pain and suffering.
1: I had a like, we can'
0: process it.
1: The last the last like landlord I had in college was this this uh, black guy named Donnell and I love Donnell, super sassy black guy and I remember I remember like I was like, you don't think she's hot like that girl's beautiful, you don't even think a little bit And I remember he asked me, he was like, do you think the quarterback of like the football team is hot? I was like, no. And he goes, as much as you can understand why I think that guy is a stud. You have to know that I can't look at that girl who you're drooling over and think he goes, and I feel nothing. It's kind of this, you go, Oh, I'm like, so you don't think she goes, I feel nothing. And then he points at Brad Pitt and I go, he's a good actor. And he was like, he's like, I'm hot under the collar looking at him. And I'm like, I feel nothing. He goes, you have to understand. You have to understand that you can't understand and vice versa. Yeah. 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 We are looking at them going, they wouldn't actually suppress ivermectin during a pandemic, would they? they're not the same they've got the little horns pricking out they, they this is nothing to them they're they're probably mad that they can only do it this far but i don't know it's evil and you know what i think it is it's going to come out eventually i mean getting banned from youtube for it you're going to i think something is going to come out i don't know when i don't know how but it's coming you know It's the pieces are starting to fall into place where you can't ignore it. You go really social media is only the only banning things about this. You're telling me that that consolidated power group, only five CEOs of what Insta or Facebook Insta, same thing, Twitter, Snapchat, uh, YouTube, and uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube, Reddit, I'm renaming them now. You're telling me that it's hard to just get in touch with a couple of them and go, Hey, Why don't you squash these stories? We keep this EUA thing going. And maybe you guys get, I don't know, some stock options. They know how to do it. They're not stupid people. You know how to do it through proxies and different faces, plausible deniability. We know this happens. Why wouldn't uh, they squash it?
0: All right. Case example of, of the ability to squash information. The Wuhan virus. I... I thought it was willful blindness, not simply to recognize that an Institute of Virology that specializes in studying bat coronaviruses. <laughs> I mean, in Wuhan, to, to, even, to even entertain the idea that it didn't come from the Institute of Virology that was studying bat viruses uh, with gain of function uh, and, and military component. I mean, it tell me that it wasn't willful blindness just to not say, Right from the beginning the most obvious thing in the world and yet how many people were banned from youtube or amazon or anything for for recognizing yeah. the most honest, o- obvious thing in the world and then uh, a year and a half later then suddenly for reasons which are not clear to me suddenly it becomes okay to say oh yeah of course it came from there
1: yeah so who are these gatekeepers who are the ones? Saying, and, and, and,
0: uh, and what made them change their mind that, that now it's okay?
1: You gotta, f- you gotta f- imagine, or it feels like there's something going on beneath the surface. Like there's the one thing I always look at is uh, Operation Paperclip by Annie Jacobson. She talks about I think it's called Operation All Saw.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
1: Switch was like the predecessor to Paperclip, which is where we brought back all the Nazi scientists to build rockets so the Soviets couldn't have better rockets. But you can see in, like, the final months of the war, although the monolithic face of the Nazi facade was, okay, they're losing ground, but they're steadfast, and we're going to fight till the end, what we now know, I mean, it's been, what, 76 years, we can now go back and look. There were the top scientists, the top generals, the top right-hand, right-hand men of Hitler, they were all taking, like, blueprints of certain things, a V2, a V1, a V3, artillery, this, stealth, jet engines. They were all taking their own little nugget that they could find. And they were, they were putting, putting them in crates and having them buried. They all had these huge estates. They would have them buried. They, were, they all sought, despite, you know, coming to work every day and see Kyle and, you know, we are going to fight, you know. It's not looking good now, but the German people will win. They were all, at the same time, putting stuff away here and there, because they knew the end was coming, and they knew they went back after their, I'm reading right now, uh, Masters of Death about the Einsatzgruppen, the mobile death squads that that preceded the concentration camps, where after the German forces would invade, the Einsatzgruppen would sort of come in afterwards, and they would go through and find all the Jews, and they'd bring them out of the woods, and they'd shoot them all in the back, but they had a name for it, where they'd shoot them in the back of the neck, and then they would bury them in these pits. And they realized after a while, they're like, hey, why don't we just build camps? We could do this much more efficiently. And that's what gave birth to the concentration camps. But even in like 43, some of the guys that were in charge of that, they started to, you know, put their finger in the air and go, we might lose this war. They went back. And although Hitler didn't know it, and no one else in the world, dude, they started digging up all the bodies and burning them. They were like, we got to get rid of the evidence. So. As much as it seemed like a monolith up until Hitler shot himself, the top guys were all put in pieces, because they knew that these blueprints for rockets, this was their bargaining chip. They knew that, hey, we gotta get rid of those bodies because that's war crime. They all started to see the signs up to 24 months beforehand that it was over, but no one knew that. It's not until decades later that can we piece it together. I'm saying all of that to say there's, you know, that's got to be happening. If people are going, all right, so we suppressed ivermec- ivermectin, which caused 700,000 US deaths. There's only 420,000 US deaths during World War II. So we're looking at two World War IIs of deaths, and we're responsible for it. You know, they're deleting emails, you know, they're taking, or not only that, you know, they're probably recording emails, putting them on a hard drive and burying it on their property and going, that's my, uh, I'll, I'll use that for immunity. You know, I'll play ball if you play ball the the monolith only seems impenetrable up until it falls and then in hindsight we we'll, in 50 years we're probably going to learn like oh yeah the ceo of Pfizer they were all they all started making backroom deals as early as you know July 2020 and what we're seeing on the surface like you just said for some reason we don't know why all of a sudden it's okay to talk about it coming from Wuhan I think that's what we're seeing is it, it feels chaotic now. But if you look at the past, you can see where this has happened before. And you have to imagine this is probably what it felt like then. You know, why are these defectors happening? How come these guys are flying to Britain and going, I want a peace deal with you? In hindsight, we go, oh, it was falling apart from within years before Hitler shot himself. And then it was over. That's kind of how wow. it
0: let us transition from that into China. Yes. Because I want to share with you uh, something that I took. I was a government major in college. And one of the great famous professors said that a mistake that, that we Americans frequently make is we focus on our weaknesses. But it's uh, it's very wholesome to look at the weaknesses of the other side and following that advice Look what's going on in China right now. Let me let me count the ways. Um, all right, energy shortage. Why the energy shortage? Well, there are many reasons, but I'll tell you one, and I'm I'm pretty sure of it because I've been there. In Shanxi Province, which is the, the it's a northern province of China, and it's where the majority of the coal mines are. I've actually been in the coal mines, the underground ones, and I've watched the surface ones. Uh, they're having, now, I can't swear this is right. I've been told it, so I'm I'm repeating something I've heard. But the, the floods they're experiencing in the last, I don't know, couple of months are 700-year floods. Something like there are oh, roughly 600 coal mines in, in that area, and at least 10% of them have been flooded. Now, when you flood a coal mine with... Seven hundred year floods. It's probably going to take you a while to drain that coal mine to pump it out. Uh, so it's probably you know ten percent of their coal mines are probably out for quite a while. Uh, okay, so that's one of their weaknesses, and the the add on effects of that, it seems, are that they're going to they're rationing uh, electricity for. 20 of the provinces out of 31 and that includes uh like shutting down cement plants shutting down aluminum plants you have the high energy Uh, okay so that's that's an energy issue and then on top of that they ticked off (laughs) australia and uh and they banned australian coal And now they want to change that. But Australia is not feeling all warm and fuzzy towards uh, China. So I don't know how that's going to play out, or maybe it's already played out by now. But meanwhile, uh, they're up against a lot of people whose jobs aren't happening because of factories being shut down. Or if they aren't shut down, maybe they operate two or three days a week instead of like six days a week. Then uh, added to that, there's a lot, at least I've, if the information on YouTube is correct, that there are lots of areas where, where if when electricity is rationed, you got two big problems, or at least when energy is is tight, and one is how do you light your apartment? I mean, These candles, but those are pretty expensive. So lighting the candles, or or, or being in the dark, or cooking, uh, or how about heat and. Uh Shanxi Province is is pretty far to the north, and it gets darn cold. And I know there because I I know that because I, I've, I've been there in winter. And I thought, I thought I'd die. It was yeah. so cold. Uh, okay, so that's one weakness. Uh, it seems that they are having some energy problems. Uh, how about Evergrande? Have you followed yeah, that?
1: A, a little bit, right? It, it's it's it, kind of like right. you were saying with Sanjay. I've got a very superficial. It's some huge like. I don't know. Like, is it is that the right word? Ponzi scheme. Everyone's coming for their money, and it's not there. It's it's a house of cards. I, I, I'm,
0: my impression. I wouldn't testify this in court, but I will say that it's my impression uh, that. It's almost as if the whole com- country is a Ponzi scheme, and I'll I'll tell you why I think that. Uh, for between two thousand seven and two thousand seventeen, I used to visit China fairly regularly for several weeks at a time and the family that i visited the patriarch would take me and 10 of his family members to visit different parts of china but he liked to go off the beaten track by the way he owned coal mines which is how i happen to know about coal mines uh, but he also owned, owned steel mill mills and i mean you know this is quite a neat way to see a country yeah, yeah. but 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 The trips that he would take me and his family on would be, he was interested in the bottom third economically of China. So wherever we would go, it would be off the tourist beaten path and it would also be uh, not the rich cities where everybody would go. So uh, I think that I had a fairly, well, lucky approach to seeing China, seeing it with a Chinese family and here's where I walked away with, and we're again on the, the theme of Ponzi schemes and you know things can look really robust until they aren't. One of the things, well, let me first a little background about myself. I grew up in the hotel industry and you know, one of the most important things in a, in a hotel family is occupancy rate. You'd really like that op- good occupancy rate to be like 80 or 90%. And below 60%, oh, you're anxious and worried. Okay, that's that's where I'm coming from when I'm seeing these cities. I'm looking at the cities that uh that my Chinese friend would, would take us to, or, or even the towns or villages. And no matter where we went, there was a staggering number of empty buildings, but they were still, they kept building more. It was I don't know, it was like the Sorcerer's Apprentice where you you can't turn the faucet off. There were just, you know, every every time we, every every area we visited would see ghost cities, would Mm -hmm. see ghost highways, we would see ghost stadiums, we would see ghost shopping centers. And I was told by one of the family members uh, who has an interest in this kind of thing, you know, I'm saying, how does this happen? Why do they keep building when they're not, being occupied uh, and he said, here's what's going on. And by the way, this is a different view than, than you'll hear from American uh, or in the Western press. So I'm, I'm prepared for it to be wrong, but I will tell you that uh, a, a resident of China or a Chinese nationalist told me what I'm about to tell you. He said, if you want to rise, if you're a mayor in like a, a, a Chinese town you really want to look good to the people above you because that's a way to rise up in the party by having a really good record. And the other side of that is you don't want a really bad record. Well, what's the metric? Uh, jobs that you provide. Well, you engage in endless construction mm-hmm. and boy, your your unemployment uh, issues are just, they, they've gone away and you can borrow money cheaply and, and the, the state loves it, and they're not going to stand in the way. And so you build, 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 build. So I ask, uh, I asked my Chinese friend who, by the way, this, this is the patriarch's niece, and she happened to be in real estate, oh my. So I asked her, how long do these buildings fill up? Because yeah, we're looking, I've, I've now learned that there are hundreds of millions of, of empty apartment rooms. Uh, hundreds of
1: millions. Yeah, no, like for everyone listening, literally, Not that's not an exaggeration. Stealth War by Brigadier General Robert Spaulding, he talks about driving by cities. I think he said, his his guide pointed out to him, that one's bigger than Pittsburgh. And he said, what's the population? And he said, zero.
0: zero. Exactly. Okay, so I've seen this with my own eyes. Okay. But, but again, coming from a hotel background with, with a great interest of, you know, is this softened or not? and below 60 percent you're starting occupancy you're starting to feel really uneasy well what about when their whole cities shopping centers entertainment areas sports complexes that or airports even that are empty 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 uh how do you get your money back so i i asked my friend let's call her julia which is not her name Uh, Julia, julia how long till these buildings fill up because they're so there's so many of them. I was going to say effing many of them, but I'm a lady and I wouldn't use that kind
1: of language. So at least not publicly. There's so no? freaking many of them. So <laughs> flipping many buildings.
0: Okay, so flipping many. So many
1: fantastic you. buildings.
0: So many fantastic buildings. <laughs> uh, and somehow we ought to move that on to let's go Brandon. Yeah,
1: let's go Brandon. <laughs> fantastic, fantastic Brandon.
0: Okay, well, let's go Chinese uh, empty buildings.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, she said that the problem is, you know, there, there are lots of people who in theory could move into them, but they can't afford them. So I said, well, okay, if they can't afford them, how long can, you know, how, how long can you hold out without any income from investments? And she said, the problem is if they've been empty five years, that this construction is so shoddy that the only answer is to tear them down because between leaks and I don't know what all else, the electricity gets ruined, the pipes get ruined. Uh, And there's something that that I've learned since. It's called, I, I imagine this is some kind of translation, but tofu buildings or tofu construction. And... What that means is that um, instead of like the best quality uh, cement or drywall or anything else, you can just take your fingers and and smush them in your fingers like tofu. And that that is an expression that, that was used. So she said, we are looking at buildings that are more than five years old. The only thing you can do with them is tear them down. But what about like in the town of Ordos, which is in Inner Mongolia, the Chamber of Commerce admits to 50,000 empty buildings. I can remember driving by on an empty, it seemed like a 12-lane highway with nothing on it but our 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 van, driving by at 60 miles an hour, and it just seemed we never reached the end of all these 38-story, I counted 38-story high, empty buildings. Uh, so we're on the topic of, that, that you brought up of just before, uh, Germany's collapse, mm-hmm. or at least leading up to the to Germany's collapse, that there were all sorts of people who were kind of feathering their nests and yeah. ha- creating bargaining chips, and it wasn't. We didn't know until way after that uh, that Germany was actually fragile. Well, I'm wondering right now if between the floods and the energy shortage and the the buildings that will we'll never will never pay for themselves before they have to be torn down. And the fact now this is really basic of, of a weakness Ponzi scheme situation, China does not have a social security system. Uh, in the past, they didn't really need one all that badly because the idea was that the children and grandchildren would take care of the parents. But right now, there's, there's a generation where it falls on the on one child to to look after parents and grandparents rather than a whole family to mm-hmm. look after them. So, since there there aren't that many places where somebody middle or or somebody without a great many means, one of the few things that they can do for their future security is invest in real estate. And Again, I don't know that this is true, but I think it's fair to say that a huge percentage of the population of China was hoping that these buildings that they were investing in uh, would be their retirement. That's not gonna happen because, well, Evergrande is, is famous for, uh, for being on the verge of bankruptcy if it's not there already, but I've heard that there are hundreds of other real estate companies that are in the same situation and so, what happens when the population of a country uh, has their retirement vanish? And again, this is on the subject of could China be more vulnerable than we're thinking?
1: I, I I tend to believe, and I've I've always been hesitant to because it right you want to prepare for the worst you don't want to assume right it's probably better to prepare, it's probably better to assume Nazi journey Nazi Germany is a monolith and we need to go in there with the force of God and you know patent like a Old dog who hasn't eaten and then find out that they were weak than right it's, uh-huh. it's better to go island hopping throughout the pacific and getting ready with some nuclear bomb preparing for a mainland invasion and then you know be happy when the a-bomb works but prepare uh-huh. for the worst so it's i've always kind of taken you hope china is a paper dragon but you have to prepare go are they actually a dragon is their belt and road initiative real i mean Spalding says in his book stealth war which i think is the best book about China that I've read to date is they poured more concrete between 2014 and 2016 than the United States did between 1900 and 2016. Which I mean, you got to think of the uh, cities. As
0: far as I'm concerned, that 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 that's money wasted well, that's, because that's the buildings right. have to be torn down. Well, and by the way, uh, you had you had a guest, Gordon Chang, uh-huh. whom I absolutely adore. The
1: collapse of China, yeah,
0: yeah, and. Um, you know, he, he has an academic view and vast knowledge. I don't. I just have one tiny thing, but I'm going to cling on to it. And that is what I've seen with my own eyes.
1: Well, there are two important points to go there is everything I said about China, the 2014 and 2016. I look, I, I look at that initially as going, this is a real threat. But now you start to look at it and you go, is this just, I mean, they talk about why they keep building them. And it's because it's just like. As long as, like, we don't acknowledge that they're empty and we keep building them, it looks great on paper. And I think they said, like, how come they aren't going bankrupt? Because the CCP will – like, the government will absorb all the loans. And they say, right, like a rolling stone gathers no moss. They say a rolling loan gathers no loss. And so that's why they keep this charade going. So on the – Okay, surf- but,
0: but uh, a principle of life, something that can't go on forever. Oh, and I'm wondering if, if the Evergrande bankruptcy is
1: so that's- the – That's what I'm getting to is on the surface, it did look like a real dragon, but now you're starting to look at it more and going, hold on, is this a charade? And I want to pull that back into what you just said is what did you see with your own eyes, right? I mean, you go to, right, you can go to New York and you can do a whole tourist thing, right? You can go to the Empire State Building and you can go to the Statue of Liberty, which is great. And I did that when I was like 10 or 8. And then I went again in 2012 with some of my friends from college and we got like a hotel and we went to a bunch of seedy bars on Times Square and got hammered. I saw two different New Yorks. I saw Postcard New York and I saw like transsexual prostitute and hooker, you know, saying like, hey, you know, $5 for a good time. And I was like, thank you. Like, I just want french fries. like. But you see two different, which one's more real? I would probably say the latter. We see... Right. And as as Rogan said to to Sanjay, he goes, do you understand the importance of what I'm saying, though? He goes, when CNN lies about a comedian taking horse dewormer, what are they telling us about Russia? What are they telling us about Syria? So if they're going to lie about these little things, right, and then you go there and you see with your own eye, you know, I look at the news and they say, safe and effective, Fauci's our friend. And then I'm like, but you guys are, you're shadow banning the inventor of the mRNA vet. Like something isn't adding up and I have them on here. And then I show it to other people and they're like, but the news, and I'm like, which one, you know, they're like, I read this article about Malone and I'm like, here's my interview with him. Here's my two hour interview with him. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. So, Again, someone could come to you and go, you know, Tom, Mitzi, I heard this about Tommy. And You can go, here's my podcast with Tommy. As a matter of fact, here's his phone number. You can go on too. So what you saw with your own eyes, you didn't see the, right? It's like there are videos from North Korea where people will film their tours. And they bring them to grocery stores that are like mock stores. They're full of stuff. And you can see, and they have the guides. And the guides tell these stories about how uh, North Korea defeated the U.S., in uh, 1950 how they drove them how they drove us out of vietnam and it's like what are you talking about versus versus you know we see what's in china i could see what's on a chinese tour versus you go there and you see a guy who's in real estate who's in coal so this whole kind of rambling thing i'm going on is they appear as the real tiger but as you saw with your own eyes as I'm sure some people probably, I'm sure some wealthy guys from America visited Nazi Germany in 44 and came back and said, guys, it's not a monolith. I think what you're saying or what your experiences imply is kind of what we're saying about Nazi Germany. We see the, the monolithic China, the rising, China rising, like the red wall. What you saw is if, the facade.
0: I feel as if I've seen the Ponzi scheme.
1: You saw what it actually is. You saw the... Puppets okay. I, I, it. I, I, all right. I don't want to claim more expertise. Than no. Keep, who cares? Let's speculate wildly.
0: Well, I mean, no. I I, I want to be as straightforward and yeah. transparent as I as I can. I have no academic knowledge of what I'm describing, but I will describe that there was not a single village that I saw, and I, you know, it's approaching a couple of hundred days total that I spent in China. That that the empty buildings and Empty investments, you know, bridges to nowhere, um, uh, were everywhere. And, and, and at, oh, and th- this, you know, this is kind of personally fascinating to me about how, um, how, how, how people see things through different eyes, because, um, uh, you know, it, it hit home to me, all the empty buildings I was seeing, but interestingly, except for the, the niece who was in real estate, the, other other members of the family, uh, they weren't seeing the empty buildings. Like at the end of the day, you know, we're, we're having dinner and it's wonderful, and I love every one of them dearly. But we discuss what we've seen, and one of them, you know, she was just fascinated by the amount of solar lights that there were. Okay. Another one was um, was looking at some of the ancient art forms and uh, just you know looking at it through the eyes of an artist. Um, Except for the real estate,
1: the real niece. estate I saw. Okay,
0: none of them saw what I was seeing, which is unimaginable numbers of empty buildings. It was to me the most fascinating thing to see that you know is all around us, but we pick out what we choose to see. Okay. I mean, I mean, I remember just being totally blown away that that to me the most salient thing that I saw. I mean, I, I loved what I saw. There were historic things and you know, I, I got yeah. I hope I got a lot more in addition to seeing empty buildings, but the thing that jumped out at me most comes from my background of counting the house, seeing seeing making a guess of occupancy rates. Mm -hmm. But I guess if you have no background, if you have a different background from mine in the hotel business, or possibly if you're in the restaurant business or even in the entertainment business where you also count the house, but if if you don't have that background, maybe you don't even see it. But I remember coming back and, and describing to people that, you know, even back from 2007 on describing this just spectacular amount of figuratively speaking roads to nowhere investments malinvestments that would never ever 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 pay off um it didn't seem to resonate with anybody they they just it it didn't sink in it didn't land
1: (laughs) Uh, it's no you're right it's 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 what do you what do you see? Is it is it rising China? Do you see what for a long time I felt like I've seen is, oh, no, here comes this monster versus what's behind like what's what behind what is behind the mask? Like is it are these empty buildings, you know, like you said, tofu cement. And then there's the other right Chinese steel. It's like, well, they put out more steel than anyone else in the world. Yeah, but there's a reason it has a name and it's had had a name since before I was born, Chinesium it's because everyone knows what that steel is. It's the steel that breaks immediately, right? It's so you have to wonder is it just this huge and which is why Gordon Chang says, you know, on one side it's very good that it's a paper tiger or paper uh, sorry, a paper dragon. But uh, uh,
0: uh, he that's also dangerous. says it's a, it's maximum
1: Well, that's what I was about uh, to say is it's very dangerous, right? Germany Germany towards the end think they didn't have a nuclear bomb had they had a nuclear bomb, that facade that was crumbling would have been so dangerous if all of a sudden they lash out, right? Which is why the Soviet Union crumbling. You no, know, you know, you saw these little things, but for the most part, it was it was this monolith. It's the Soviets, you know, it's the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And then all of a sudden it collapses and it's like, well, how'd that happen? And it's what well, it was happening for a long time. The difference with them and Germany they had 30,000 nuclear weapons. So whereas China, it's like, oh, cool. It's, they're not actually this, this terrible power that's going to take over the world. They're falling apart. Yeah, they're falling apart. And there are a lot of guys in there probably feathering their nests, getting their, hey, you know, here's my, uh, here's my hard drive of all the Uyghur, um, the Uyghur concentration camp tortures, right? Which it's already kind of coming out. They're talking about how they hung men from the ceiling and then would, would rape them they would rape them as they're hanging from the ceiling just for being Uyghurs. I'm sure there are a lot of guys getting their hard drives and going, you know, this is my, uh, here's my immunity. Here's my trip to America. But much like Nazi Germany, there were also a lot of guys that were hardliners, stayed in the bunker till the end, right? Uh, was it Goering or uh, Gerb? No, who's, who's the guy? He and his wife—they were up there until the night before Hitler committed suicide, and they gave their six kids cyanide while they were sleeping. Oh yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. Um. It was a Goering, Himmler, Ormon.
0: Uh. I totally know who you mean. Yeah, I and I can't um, think the um, name
1: for the life of me.
0: Yeah, and I even remember the wife saying it's so hard because
1: yeah. of the. Children. Yeah, yeah. His wife's but name. His, name his wife's name was 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 Mag, Magda. Yeah. Himmler, Goering i don't think during, there's any of them it was Bormond, I they're all. all right i'll stuff.
0: make a bet as soon as we're not trying to think of who it was because we it'll, both know who it was it'll come it to it'll
1: us come, it'll come up yeah either way i mean the more important thing is that good they're nameless they've disappeared in history because they're nazis but the point is is there are some hard, hardliners right there were japanese japanese were a little more ideological but the you know the ideological nazis they stayed in there till the end and committed suicide ideological japanese they committed suicide i'm sure if they had nuclear weapons that's when they would have pressed the button there's a lot that feather the nest and go here's the hard drive i'm here's my immunity i'll you know let me go free and i'll spill the beans if they had nuclear weapons do they do they go out or do the ideological ones go i was gonna shoot myself but now i'm gonna launch a nuke that is what gordon chang is concerned about with china is oh they're falling apart That's good, and that's really bad. Are they gonna, yeah, because their ideology is that they aren't the less powerful nation in the world and they have to overcome America. What it is, but what their big view is, is that they are temporarily not the number one power, that they have had a small moment in their history where America has, you know, they've taken first place, but they are the true heirs to the throne. Much like Japan and Nazi Germany, it's not just that they want land and power, they truly believe they are the master race. The difference between Japan and Germany and China is China has nuclear weapons, and that is the danger. But, but let me, yeah, okay. Yeah, go.
0: Well, since we're on, we're, since we're on their weaknesses, I want to share a conversation that I had. This was at a dinner party in China, uh, and it didn't involve my host or his family, but it didn't. It did involve other people. And there was a woman who spoke with to me with just, I mean, in almost crazy frankness, uh, why she would dare talk to me about what I'm about to describe. I, I can't fathom, but, but here's what she said. She said it was on the subject of corruption, and she said that if she wanted her kid to get into a good school, she had to pay. If she went into a hospital and Uh, wanted a doctor to cut the right place rather than the wrong place she had to pay. She said the, no, I, I can't swear that this is true, but I would swear in court that I was told this. She said the amount of corruption for any possible part of life in China was omnipresent, that you didn't get anywhere without bribes or favors um but that makes me think isn't that like one of your guests uh Claire
1: Claire Lopez
0: Yeah did, did who was it who talked with you about Wanchi
1: Wanchi uh David o'neill my buddy David, David O'Neill. Yeah
0: Okay well again I, I have no academic knowledge um i can only report personal ex- i've lived it experience and i'm i'm going to put academic knowledge way above my my one small experience but nevertheless I did have a woman in China complain bitterly that every single thing that she did, you know, hospitals, education, jobs, everything was based on paying people off. Mm -hmm. Oh, 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 let me not leave out a big part, Um, that if you have a legal case, you pay people off. Either that or you call in your relatives who are more powerful than the person who's suing you.
1: Yeah, it's, again, so... You look at that and then you look at like here and we're like we don't do that one thing i always think of is what claire said i have to go to the restroom in a second so i'm going to let you take over but it's one thing claire said is she was like um i asked her i was like is is it inevitable that a totalitarian dictatorship takes over is that like you know like animals that go through natural selection they always become the most the most ruthless right they have the hardest exoskeleton, and the biggest fangs and she said no And because like what we're talking about now, you have to pay off everyone versus you come to the United States. And it's like, no, there's laws against that. There's this gradient of people always want to come here. And so you cannot create a dictatorship where people are always trying to leave because eventually they get out and they go somewhere else. And we that is our upper hand. Yes, we have the military, which is the true upper hand. But what we also have is people come here. And although there's a bunch of ungrateful, excuse me, a bunch of ungrateful, fucking communists in my generation who think that we're the worst place in the world, I look at my friend Ivan from who grew up in, a, in an apartment block in the former in Bulgaria, right who's a who's a professional bodybuilder who started coming to the u.s in 2011 just just became a citizen in like the last six months shout out ivan he's a professional bodybuilder lives in las vegas and he's making money hand over fist right now he's the next Arnold schwarzenegger he's like 6'4 he looks like he he's a robot he's insane Uh, my buddy prince blackos who came from kosovo and he grew up during the serbian war his dad was a journalist and his dad was covering war crimes and the Serbians broke both his arms and legs and threw him on their front lawn as a sign. His dad survived. But Prince grew up, P-R-I-N-C, Prince Blackosh, He grew up seeing that. And he came, and I remember he was working at the same apartment complex I was in Ocean City, summer 2014. We were both doing security. And he would be working like, I'm not even kidding you, like 12-hour shifts and then another 12-hour shift next door after that. He would be working like 30 hours in a row. And every once in a while, my parents were like, Tom, have Prince come over. So he'd come over for dinner. And Prince was like, he was having me take pictures of him in front of our house, a nice house. But he was taking pictures of like the two cars in the driveway and sending it to all of his family. He was like, two cars, two cars. I remember he took a picture of the open refrigerator and said like, full, it's full. And I was like, oh my God. And I remember we all kind of got this dose and Prince eventually moved to the United States. And now he's a physical therapist living in like Manhattan. The point is, is, these people that grow up in these other areas, they always come here. And to me, that's the biggest telltale sign of like, it can appear to be a monolith. But the reality is, is, people leave there to come here. And that's my hope. I also think they're a paper tiger, paper dragon. And
0: by the way, I know that you have to leave, but we, we have to wind up. But I've. I no, no, have...
1: I don't have to finish. I just have to go to the bathroom.
0: No, but I have to wind
1: up. Oh, you have to wind uh, up. No, oh.
0: yeah, no, we, we've been on for an hour. Oh,
1: and so guess we have. what? We haven't touched uh, on the book.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I have a new book coming out, um, and we didn't say one word we about it. In word. Of which, okay, would you invite me back and we'll talk about it? <laughs>
1: Absolutely, book. that's what this whole for everyone listening. That's what this podcast was scheduled to be, and well, we both went down a rabbit hole of Chinese construction and and not I sure
0: did, it, I loved it. I love it. It was great. Yeah, I mean it's it's an important topic. Yeah. Um, what are we up against?
1: Yeah, it's.
0: And, and by the way, I love Gordon Chang.
1: Oh yeah, no, he's yeah, he's he's gonna come on again. I think he's busy nonstop. I think he's gonna come on again in January. So if I play my cards right, I'll get him back on. Um, and I'm trying to get Spalding back on. But yeah, it's. I certainly don't feel as like hopeless as I did like, six months ago and, like, right after the election. It kind of seemed as, like, oh, it's over. Now I'm kind of looking at it as, like, we're in a rough spot, like, you know, no doubt about it. But I don't have, like, the doom and gloom feeling I did even six months ago. Now it's it seems like...
0: Let's a, go, Brandon.
1: Yeah, let's go, Brandon. It, it kind of seems like some rays of sun are starting to punch through the clouds. And you're like, oh, wait. It's a cloudy day. You know, when you get on a plane and you go above the clouds and you go, oh, it's sunny up here. It just feels rainy. I feel like it just feels rainy right now. But if we just hold out, it, it's going to the facade of the, the illusion, the facade, the monolith of the clouds, it's going to break away and it's going to be sunlight. That's how I feel. But we just have to stick with it. and We have to keep doing what we're doing and it's talking about it. And real quick, I mean, Stephen Crowder, right? Five million subscribers on YouTube just got another strike yesterday for talking about a guy dressed or a guy who identified as a female going into the women's bathroom at a high school or an elementary school. Yes, and, and, and
0: really a, 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 a 16-year-old girl. And her father is ticked.
1: Well, Stephen Crowder talked about it and he got a he got he's suspended from YouTube for a week for talking about it because, quote, it's promoting hate about the trans community. But it's a grown man identifying as a woman raping a child in a bathroom at school. He just got banned for a week from that. Don't interrupt your enemy while they're making YouTube. Is, yeah. has, has
0: ticked off five million Subscribers,
1: and so now he's on Rumble going about it, and he's pulling more people over to Rumble. It's it's only a matter of time. It's the tide is slowly. All we can do is continue to talk about it because it used to be you had to argue about stances and policies and tax plans. Now they're they're kind of handing us a really easy battle. Now we don't even have to argue. This is what I think about immigration, and this is what I think about. Wh-. Now now it's just the free speech party and the not free speech. P- They've handed you a very easy argument, right? If you're courting a girl and it's, he's a lawyer, but I'm a doctor. It's very easy when the other guy then becomes a convicted murderer. And you're like, murderer or not murderer? It's, you are making this very easy for us. They're slowly serving it up on a platter to go, who's free speech? Who's not? I'd say don't interrupt them while they're making a mistake. It's it's going to take a while. Probably going to take another couple of years. Today's Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. I think if we keep needling away at it, it's going to work. I
0: I think Dave Chappelle is going to have a a, a big influence.
1: I think it's because
0: he dares, he he dares to stand up.
1: I think it's all we're seeing pieces. Tim Dillon, Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle, Stephen Crowder, Glenn Greenwald. Glenn Greenwald, the gay liberal journalist who broke the Ed Snowden story is now being called a far right conspiracy theorist. It's The the revolution eats its own. It's, Exactly. So I think we're seeing, in hindsight, years and decades from now, we'll look back and go, how did they not see this coming? Of course it was falling apart. I think that's where we are right now, where it's still the fog of war. It's, it's, it seems to be an inevitable. And not only that, the news isn't going to report on it. Just like Nazi Germany didn't report on, hey, a lot of the top leaders are burying blueprints. They don't report on it. So you know the revolution will not be televised. No one's going to report on the mass exodus to rumble. No one's going to report on, you know, growing discontent with uh, censorship because they're going to censor the story on censorship. Keep pushing and it will. It's my favorite analogy and then I'll wrap it up. I know I got to let you go. It's my favorite analogy about uh, Ray Kurzweil talks about with technological change, um, but it really it applies to everything. It applies to the Soviet Union. It applies to, I think, what we're seeing right now a lot of the biggest things we see in our lives, right? It's like that Lenin quote, there are decades where nothing happens, then there are weeks where decades happen. It's kind of like that. A tsunami, right, when two tectonic plates move and push up a bunch of water, a tsunami for its whole lifespan, we'll call, let's say the lifespan is 10 hours, just a clean 10 number, 10 hours. Take that lifespan. That lifespan, you can then extrapolate that to the age of a society, maybe 1,000 years or age of a human, 100 years, whatever. You take that, 99.9% of its lifespan is just this bump in the water. It's not even breaking waves. It's just a mound moving that really you can only see with sp- from space and with, uh, you know, buoys. It's just this kind of, you don't even see, it just looks like the horizon. You can't even tell it's higher. It's just the horizon. It's not until the last tenth of a percent of its lifespan that it crashes onto the shore and makes Global news kills 500,000 people and irreparably changes uh, society and geographically changes the landscape. Whatever's happening right now, it's silently moving. It's just this mass. And maybe we're seeing a little bit of a wave here. Steven Crowder, Joe Rogan talking about Wuhan on main, on tonight on, on nightly shows. There's this wall coming and when it crashes, we'll all go, well, of course. But right now, we can't see it coming. But if you really, like, put your ear to the ground, you can kind of hear it coming. Does that make sense?
0: Uh, it's, it, I, I I love your analogy <laughs> because it makes sense to me, and I'm, I'm going to buy into it.
1: Beautiful. I will let you go. I've kept you 10 minutes longer than I said I would. And we'll, I'll text you right after this. Or I got to go do some stuff. But I'll text you today, and we'll set up an episode, and we'll do what we meant to do today. <laughs> Perfect. Hey, thanks. Mitzi Purdue, right. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on here. Stay safe, everybody. God bless. God bless America. Take care, Mitzi.
0: Recording stopped.